Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Caught ball. First down to the 50. Outside the numbers. 40 to the 30-yard line. To the 25. It's Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fox win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Cannon. Fire them. Keep yeah. on firing them. Keep on firing them. Bucks win. Bucks win 31-15, your final score. From Raymond James Stadium, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play their first home playoff game in a decade and a half, and they basically put Philly to shame. A game that should have been 31 to nothing, if we're frank. I mean, I hate to come off and, you know, be a little overconfident here, but I will tell you, this was a game that Tampa Bay dominated in every aspect from just about beginning to end. The defense got kind of lazadaisical towards the end of the game, but... Obviously, we'll talk about that, but I mean, with limited reinforcements on offense, 31 points at home, and the defense playing some of their best football of the season, ladies and gentlemen, you can't feel much better than that to start a playoff run for the Buccaneers here in 2022. Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today for episode 247. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself. Mr. Evan Wanish, we can finally call you that again. It's uh, it's good to see the birds get vanquished in the first round. It is. Um, yeah, thank God. Jeez, <laughs> just you know, I know some. I know the running joke is that I'm a closet Eagles fan, but man, if the Eagles would have beat the Bucks there, that would have been torture. That would not have been good. So, um, would have been a rough man, and that would have ended the Bucks season. Man, that would have been a rough, uh, a really rough freaking months for me honestly uh, even if the Eagles got trounced by the Packers next week it wouldn't have mattered but luckily the Bucks took care of business and um, yeah they just dominated uh, this was pure pure domination I even you know really I, I think uh, you know, the offensive game plans were great the defensive game plan was great now Philly missed on a few things they didn't play their best game but you know a lot of it has to do with the Bucks just coming out and you can tell that this team is a team that played like has played playoff football before. Right. Yeah. I know they were really only there last year. Right. But they've played playoff football before versus a team that I, I think, you know, the broadcast said that the Eagles had 29 players who had never even seen a playoff game. So there was an experience factor there and it showed up. The bugs came ready to play playoff football and the Eagles simply did it. They got punched in the mouth and they didn't know how to respond. And that's exactly what you got to do when you're the two seed and you got the seven seed there. I know I said it was going to be close, right? I think I was, <laughs> I was given, I was given the Eagles too much credit. And I mean, even you, I think you had the bucks only winning by what four points. I, think, I, I did points. predict the bucks to put up 31 points, but I, I think I had Philly putting up 24 
Um, but here's the thing. I mean, yes, we probably did give Philly a little too much credit. I know there's some people in our live chat who feel pretty good right about now that we're going to have to eat our words about this. But the last time you and I did not give an opponent credit, <laughs> it was the New York Jets who almost beat the Bucks. And the time before that, it was the Washington football team who successfully beat the Bucks and ruined the first ever Can of Fire watch party. So if we have a little reason to, you know, want to try and give credit to a team that's in the playoffs, that's that's a little bit of reason. But I am so glad that we were wrong because when it was 31 to mm-hmm. nothing, all I could do was was think about that quote that you had said, uh, you know, if people are wanting the Bucks to win by 20 points, they're going to be disappointed this week. So yeah, here we uh, are. Yeah. Well, they didn't win by 20 points. So <laughs> <There you go. laughs> technically, <laughs> technically they did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a lot like the week six game, like the week six, we all know it was 28, 22, but man, it was not that close. Right. The Bucks probably should have won that game like 28 to 13 or something. But um, yeah, I mean, just a fantastic execution on, on both sides. Um, of the ball, even special teams contributed, obviously, right with the turnover. Yeah. Ryan Suckup, you know, making all of his kicks with the with the weather, uh, which I again said it was overblown, right? It's the wind wasn't a huge factor, was it? Um, and uh, you know, this was Philly did they earned their way, they earned their way into the playoffs. But you could tell this was a team that beat up on bad teams to get here. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could tell this was a team that hadn't really played a good team in a little while. And um, yeah, the, the Bucks really showed why they are the defending champs. And um, you know, they they obviously have to play better. You have to you have to play better each week, right? As the playoffs go on. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at BetOnline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast. Uh, David Cardona has a question for for Coach Wanish. Uh, so oh, I here can, we go. Let me let me get back get up into on the that podium really here. quick. So we had actually addressed a little bit earlier. Coach Wanish, uh, four and one now. Your playoff predictions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last two seasons. We have a question here from David, the moderator. How did it feel to get the game plan to be a tremendous success, especially on defense this week to start the playoffs? I think it's all about the guys believing in, in, in each other, you know, and uh, we have a group that you know really believes in each other and all, all 53 men, not just the defense, you know, not just the defense, even, even the, the offense, you know, we all believe. And uh, we got a, a tremendous group of talented football players who want to be here, who want to fight, who want to battle. They did just that today, really made life difficult on that inexperienced quarterback. And uh, yeah, really, really able to, to make a statement today. So let's start to go through the motions of the Buccaneers 31 to 15 victory in the wild card round. First drive of the game, the Buccaneers offense comes out and uh, there were some speed bumps at the beginning. I I will tell you this. It wasn't as perfect as it could have been for the Buccaneers offense. We knew they were coming into this game shorthanded. We knew we got the five dollar super chat from go bucks, go bolts. Appreciate that. 
Yes, sir. Thank you so much, dude. We really do appreciate your support donating to the Wendy's Fund. Go Bucks. Yes, sir. So, first drive of the game. Bucks are making their way down the field, and uh, Tristan Wirfs goes down. And I, I got to tell you, one of the one of the things I'm most thankful for this week is that the Bucks seem to get away from this one healthy, uh, as healthy as they could have been, because the start of this game was really just bad vibes all around. You had Tristan Wirfs go down with a leg injury. First drive of the game. They end up punching it in for a touchdown, and then you lose Ryan Jensen, who, by the way, I think we should credit him as one of the toughest guys in the NFL because he has been visibly injured multiple times on this Bucks roster. He does not care. He comes back in the game, and he finishes it like the G that he is. But, um, you know, Tristan Wirfs missing at the right tackle position. He came back later in the game and actually wanted to get your opinion on this. He, he comes back in the game clearly laboring on that right foot plays about three snaps and it looks like he, you know, does everything but re-injure himself on that last snap because it takes him a minute to get off the field. Uh, Should he have gone back out there after kind of, you know, he's listed as questionable, gets his ankle looked at, tries to get back out there, but clearly he wasn't the same player while he was out there. And again, that third down where Brady takes a sack, pressure comes in on the right and Tristan just folds, man. Like he, Mm-hmm. He he looked like more of a liability out there at that point than anything. Like, should they have just let him rest? Whose decision was it to to let him back out there? Honestly, I I don't know. Um, it could have been the offensive line coaches, could have been Bruce Arians, could be Tristan Wirfs. You know, I I think you definitely have communication with the player on an injury like that. Um, you're not just gonna throw him out there if the player says he can't go. Like I said, you know, contrary to popular belief, you, you don't just do that. Um. So, yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's it's all all of them, really, the coaching staff and the players sort of communicating together. And, uh, you know, I guess Worf thought he could give it a go. In the playoffs, when it's do or die like this, you want to give it your all. Yeah. Um, but but you're right. When you become a, a sort of a liability, like, that's not Tristan Worf's, right? Like, he he was terrible. Like, you, you could – I mean, he's trying to do it on one foot. It's just, it, it was not working. And, um, yeah, I, I think after that, they were like, yeah. You know, the only thing – that could have, you know, made it worse is if he injured it worse, which luckily it doesn't sound like he did. It doesn't sound like he injured it any worse. And maybe that's a factor. Maybe the doctor said that, Hey, you know, he'll play on pain, but he can't injure it any worse. Yeah. You know, who knows? I don't know what's going on with those conversations. Um, But yeah, you know, it was, it was nice to see him try and tough it out, but ultimately I I don't think they should have put him back in. And um, yeah, like I said, good to see him try and tough it out. Kudos to Ryan Jensen for toughing it out. Clearly his injury was not as hurtful as, as Werfs was because yeah. you know, if it was the same injury as Werfs, you would have seen a different type of Jensen out there. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a tough SOB, so he wasn't coming out. Oh yeah, Bruce Arians actually came out and said, it's just a sprained ankle for Tristan Werfs, so Bucks fans all over can collectively breathe a sigh of relief. Is you know, just a sprained ankle hopefully doesn't turn into anything worse over the course of the next week or so. But, you know, you think about the severity of a sprained ankle, it hits a little bit differently when you're a 330-pound NFL lineman at about six foot six. you know. So uh, a sprained ankle for those guys as opposed to just you or me is a little different. But hopefully Tristan is feeling good enough. And, uh, of course, if we have any updates throughout the week, we will keep you posted on that one. Let's talk a little bit more about what went well for the Bucks on offense today because aside from a couple of close calls with injuries, it really seemed like most of what they were able to work with was positive. Uh, some execution errors, and we'll talk about that with the individual players here in a second, but let's kick things off with the quarterback, Tom Brady, TB12. His day looked like this, 29 for 37, 
271 yards, two touchdowns. I thought Brady looked awesome today. I, I mean, you know, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's uh, that's that's a little bit more of what we got today. Yeah, it's you know that's that's what you gotta assume. I think you know when the playoffs start, you have to expect this type of performance. He was good, right? There was there was a few you know early on it was a little you know there was a few balls you probably would like that back, but um you know it seemed like they really got settled into a rhythm. Uh, there was a one time I think he had eight or nine straight completions. They were running really up tempo, and the Eagles just didn't have an answer. And uh, yeah, he, they were he was really good. And he wasn't you know spectacular, but he was really good. And you know he didn't need to be spectacular right now. There will be times when they need him to be spectacular. This wasn't one of those times. The running game, while that wasn't anything to write home about, it did its job. Oh, yeah. Right? They didn't break off 25, 30 yard runs, but he didn't need to. Uh, they put themselves in a lot of you know, second and and third and manageable you know situations, um, you know on first down that they were able to really control what they wanted to do on offense They're, they weren't put in many situations where they, they sort of had a disadvantage per se. And I think, you know, part of that, you know, really was, was Brady. And, and the surprising thing is it's not like Prashad Perryman, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. None of those guys had huge days. Yeah. Like, it's not like they were just, you know, on fire and spectacular. Uh, Tyler Johnson had the drop early on third down. Brady was not happy with him, even though I, I do think the ball could have been a little bit better um, that Brady threw. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking here, uh, Tyler Johnson, two catches for 30 yards. He had that one really nice catch. Uh, Scotty Moore had one catch for eight yards. Rashad Perryman, one catch for five yards. And then – the other, you know, Cameron Braid had three for 29. Burkowski had five for 31. Gio Bernard, five for 39. Mike Evans had nine for 117. O.J. Howard also had a three-yard catch. So it's not like those receivers dominated, right? right? It's just the offensive game plan was good enough, and that's what I said it needed to be in order to, to have success in this game, and it was. Tyler Johnson, Cam Bray, Keyshawn Vaughn, Scotty Miller, Gio Bernard, Rob Gronkowski, those might not have been the guys who dominated the day offensively for Tampa Bay, but we cannot discredit big number 13, Mike Evans. Nine receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown, as you had just mentioned. We said a couple of weeks ago, the Buccaneers offense during this playoff run is going to depend on Mike Evans to be that guy, and that's exactly what he was today. He was that guy. Uh, when asked about who he wants to play next week, he doesn't really care. He said, actually, at his post-game press conference, whatever team plays the most man coverage. And it didn't seem like the Eagles were playing a ton of man coverage today. It they seemed don't. like they played a little more zone than I thought they would have. But Well, that, um, that, that's, that's the Eagles' defense. They they right. rarely play man. Um, they play a lot of zone. And they actually played a little bit more man than they have at some points this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just – didn't see, it seemed like they just didn't really work. It didn't, no matter what they did, didn't really work. So um, the Bucks really dominated. Besides, there's a little bit of a lull there, but not, not a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Great to see. I mean, as we had mentioned so many times before, you got to remember this is an offense that isn't necessarily working with spare parts because it's not like you're missing a number one wide receiver and Mike Evans. You are missing two great playmakers and Chris Godwin and that other guy that they cut a few weeks ago. But you know, I mean, you still got Gronk. You still have pieces to get it done on this offense. But, you know, the speed bumps that they had to get over in the first half of this game, I'm glad they were able to do that relatively mm -hmm. quickly. Some of it came down to execution errors, a couple of drops from Tyler Johnson, the mistiming on those routes. Like, that's, that's stuff that can be fixed. And you're glad that they're using this game to fix it 
as opposed to whoever they're playing next week. Because when you're up 31 to nothing, that's when you can kind of, you know, figure out what's going to work and what, uh, what isn't. Yeah. 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 You're, you're a hundred percent right. And, um, yeah, there, there's opportunities to to make sure, you know, that, like you said, to try out some things. And they even tried the end around uh, yeah. with Scotty Miller, yeah. and it worked, uh, which I wasn't if, – if you listen to the, the game review show last week, I wasn't happy that they did it last week. <laughs> well, you like, weren't happy you put that, that they did it film? twice, too, because not yeah, only I was did like, they wow. do it once and get the touchdown, they busted it out again. Yeah, really, was, really quickly, just to speak to the run game, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, – just wanted to gloss over this really quickly. Keyshawn Vaughn, his day looked like this. 17 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Gio Bernard also found the end zone. 13 carries, 44 yards for him, and a touchdown. And then, of course, Scotty Miller, one carry for nine yards, no touchdowns. But that end around from Scotty Miller did them uh, did put them over 100 rushing yards on the day. So safe to say that two-headed approach with Keyshawn Vaughn and Gio Bernard, while it wasn't mind-blowing, it wasn't playoff Lenny running for 100-plus yards, it was definitely enough to get the job done between both of those guys. And I think you got to credit those guys in particular, especially in my opinion, Keyshawn Vaughn, who has no doubt been stepping up over the last quarter of this uh, regular season and here into the playoffs. Yeah. To me, you know, it looked like I was more impressed with Bernard, um, you know, just uh, as far as catching out of the backfield too, you could definitely tell uh, that Brady was looking for him. Um, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, I believe, I don't think he had a drop. I think he caught his two targeted passes, but you know, Bernard, just a more dynamic receiver out of the backfield just is what it is. So but Vaughn uh, both played good. You know, I don't really have anything negative to say about those guys. Like we said, they didn't do anything spectacular, but they didn't need to. So um, yeah, Pat. So Le'Veon Bell did not play, but he was dressed. He was active. Uh, the only Bucks running back that was not active was Kenyon Barner. So uh, Bell was active. It's just, you know, I guess they didn't really need him. They, they, they sort of want him to, um, you know, I guess be an emergency option. So um, yeah, it's a, uh, I appreciate James telling you guys to come here. We were a little bit mad at James because he was doing a live show. And we were like, why? But um, yeah, James, yeah, James he kind of surprised James. us on that one. He doesn't normally go live. For he doesn't do that. Review. He doesn't do that. But hey, shout out to all of our people coming in from our guy at Mr. Bucks Nation. We truly appreciate you checking out the live stream. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you guys a lot. And uh, yeah, so I, I thought the run game was really did their job. Uh, I really did. I mean, this, the first play of the game was uh, was that the, the massive hole that the offensive line opened up. And yeah. uh, it was a first down run for Keyshawn Vaughn. They, they really did uh, a good job. And um, Before you know, we... it's, it's going to be important. Leonard Fournette sounds like he's going to play next week. It sounds like they're optimistic. Um, I think Arian said until he's at full speed, they're not going to play him. So I do think that, um, yeah, I, I do think that he'll play, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a snap count, especially if Keyshawn Vaughn and Gio Bernard continue to play this way. Oh, yeah. And before we talk about the defensive side of the ball, I just wanted to give some credit to that offensive line. I know we mentioned Ryan Jensen going down for a little bit, Tristan Worse missing the rest of the game after he left. But uh, how about Josh Wells stepping in at right tackle for most of the game? I know there were a couple of points he was blown up, and I know Josh Wells isn't that great at football. But for what the guy was asked to do in a playoff game, I think you got to give it up for those guys because for the most part, there were a couple of third downs where Tom Brady had some pressure. He had to take a sack three straight times towards the end of the game. But aside from that, I really thought this offensive line did the best that they could. Yeah, I, I thought Wells played fine. Um, there was, you know, especially in the first few drives, you know, he's also dealing with an injury. Um, 
So he's not 100% healthy yeah, he, either. Yeah, he limped off the field uh, at halftime. I think a lot of people might have missed that one too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not um, he's not 100% healthy. I, I thought he did fine. There was a few plays where definitely uh, Ryan Kerrigan sort of took his lunch money. But um, I thought for the most part for the spot he was put in, you know, he did fine. And I do think Josh Wells gets a little bit too much hate that, that he needs to get. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's a backup tackle at the end of the day. Like, it is what it is. There's not many great backup tackles because everybody's looking for good tackles. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure what they do if Tristan Morris can't go. We'll see. Um, we're not really going to talk too much about that right now. We already discussed, you know, he has the sprained ankle, but um, we'll see if he practices at all this week and we'll have to wait and see on updates there. And just a quick score update because we are live the same time as the San Francisco and Dallas game. Uh, the 49ers are up 7 to nothing, and this is a game that's pretty critical on deciding who the Bucs are going to play in the divisional round next week. If Dallas wins this game, Bucs are going to play the Cowboys no matter what. But if the 49ers hang on and conquer Dallas – well, the Bucs are going to play the winner of the Rams and the Cardinals. So uh, definitely a game you're going to want to pay close attention to here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely, obviously, a lot of implications there. Um, if, yeah, you're right. If if the 49ers hang on to win, if they upset the Cowboys, then, yeah, we won't know the the opponent until tomorrow night. But, um, yeah, there's there's a chance we'll know the opponent by the end of the tonight. Who knows, right? It'll be interesting to see each matchup has the, sort of their own quirks and stuff. So, um Obviously, you can't really get too much into that because we don't know who it's going to be yet. So let's um, – we talked a lot about the offense. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we got to go on to who is really the – I think the bigger story of the day, and that's that, That's his defense. Yeah, uh, this man. This defense you know, I, was pretty much spectacular. And they're, they're, like I said about the offensive lull, that was the chance for the Eagles to get back in the game, and the defense continually shut the door. Yeah, If you remember, I believe the offense didn't they still had 17 points when Jalen Rager muffed that punt. Yeah. And then they scored a touchdown. So Philly was still in the game, but the defense was just not giving Philly uh, any sort of room. And that was a spectacular thing to see. Yeah. Three total turnovers on the day for this Buccaneers defense, basically picking up right where they left off in the postseason of 2020. You love to see that from them today as we go through what their afternoon looked like. The start that they had, I think, was the best start they've had all season. I mean, it definitely helps because this is the closest this defense has been to healthy all season. Uh, You got Shaq Barrett back out there. Levante David, JPP was making some noise every now and again. Sean Murphy Bunting ended up missing this game, but that's all right. They were still able to get it done. Andrew Adams made a couple of plays. Carlton Davis, I thought, had a pretty impressive day. But I'll tell you, the guy who made the most noise, I know the return of 54 was very, very well received. And you could tell. This was a different offense or a different defense stopping the run over those two, uh, the first two drives. But a welcome sight was the return of playoff Devin White, man. 45 was all over the place today. And that was something that we were really looking forward to because uh, that's going to determine, you know, how far the Bucks go in this playoff run, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So it's good to see 45 out there doing his thing once again. Yeah, and James with the five dollar super chat. Says Thanks so much, buddy. He's begging people to subscribe to CFP. <laughs> um, really quickly, uh, actually, we haven't officially said anything on the podcast, but thank you guys so much for three thousand yes. subscribers over here on YouTube. Uh, we actually hit it just before midnight last night, so very excited to uh, get this in time for the playoffs. It's a huge achievement for the channel, but we truly would not be able to do it without everybody who chooses to tune in and, and check out our content. So you guys are the best. Thank you so much for 3K. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I I echo everything that you just said. I, I couldn't agree more. Um thank you guys so much. 
um, really appreciate it. It means a lot to both of us. So yeah, really, really appreciate every, every little bit. This is one of our best years ever. So it's been, uh, it's been really magical. Thanks a lot guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, Devin White has really, um, shown that maybe this is the type of player he is. Maybe this is just the type of player, right? We'll see how he responds next week. Right. And plays, um, but maybe this is the type of player. If he is, I'll take it. I'll be frustrated, but I'll take it. That some guys just play better in the playoffs. You see it a lot with hockey, um, where just guys just step up in the playoffs, man. Um, you know, guys, you know, sometimes have five regular season goals, but in the playoffs, they have seven goals in four games or whatever. You know, it's just crazy. Um, guys turn it on when the playoffs come, and and maybe Devin White is that type of player. If he is, I'm sure the Bucks will take it. And yeah, it was a welcome sight. Early on, Devin White was making splash plays, and that's oh, yeah. what really you needed to see just to get his confidence up. You know, one more two dollar super chat from Mr. Bucks Nation. He says, Congrats on 3K, boys. Thank you so much, James. That's a total of seven dollars from Mr. Bucks Nation. Mr. Wow. Moneybags. He is emptying the bank account tonight, guys. <laughs> wow. Wow. He is not gonna be able to get you. Hey, I, don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna be junior bacon cheeseburgers tonight. It might be a couple of baconators if James keeps uh you know digging. I in. know. But but James just sacrifices Chick-fil-A tomorrow for us. I mean, he's not going to be able to, to afford it. Um, I, man, oh man, appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's really, really good by, by Devin White. Um, obviously, Levante David, it helps having him out there. I think you, you saw that today. The, the amount of, you know, times that Devin White looked like he was in the right position. He looked like he knew what he was doing, where a lot of the times when Levante David's been out, Devin White seems to have no clue what's going on, but it's just, it's something different when those two are together, which isn't good because Levante David isn't going to play forever. Right. And Devin White's coming on going to be in the league longer than Levante David has left. But, um, you know, it's for right now, Hey, if it works, it works. And um, yeah, I thought the presence of Levante David was felt uh, Jason Pierre Paul and Jack Barrett, I thought played Fine. Shaq Barrett obviously had a fantastic play on the tip of reception. What a catch, um, man. I mean, to reach yeah. up there with the one hand, he almost looked like the Jordan logo for a minute. Just legs full spread, arm up in the air. He's able to bring that catch in and, and take it back quite a few yards as well. I thought he was gonna uh I thought he was gonna break for glory at one point, yeah. but just a, yeah, a, it was a very athletic was a play from fifty eight. Yeah, very good return. Um, yeah, and I guess I mean the run defense looked a lot better, didn't it? Like, you know, yeah, everybody talked about it all week, and you know, that was the big story. If the Eagles were gonna be able to win, it was gonna be because they controlled the football by running it, controlled the clock, and kept Brady and the offense off the field. Um, that's what it was gonna be. And uh, they couldn't do that. And credit to the Bucks, they really stepped up, and that was the run defense that you saw early on in the season. That was the run defense. Um, they they did you know have a little bit of trouble when Hertz pulled it back and ran it himself, which I'm surprised Philly didn't do that more often. But you know there was a few times where it did work. You know, in the first drive, I think the Eagles had a third and two. They tried it with Hertz, it didn't work. So, um, you know, I think the run defense really stepped up. Just everybody played really well on, on defense. Um, Really, it just wasn't many guys that you could say, well, you could have had a better game. Like, I, I thought really everybody played, did their job. Uh, Pat points out Joe Dryan Shoenka played really well, had the one tip, almost led to a Jamel Dean interception. Yeah, man. Um, Mike Edwards with the complete ball hawk interception. That's a, an inexperienced mistake by Jalen Hurts there. Uh, sort of has to get rid of that ball earlier or just throw it away, and he throws it, and Mike Edwards makes him pay for it. To me, that was the turning point. 
Uh, that yeah. was right oh, before yeah. r- right before the half, and Philly got the ball to start of the second half. If Philly scores any points there, even if it's just a field goal, I think that game might turn out a little bit differently. Um, but you know, for Mike Edwards to you know to keep the Eagles with a goose egg on the board going into half, I think was huge. So a fantastic play by him, and yeah, really a big time performance by this defense. I mean, there was not a whole lot there. And then, like I said, the Eagles are the masters, I guess, of scoring garbage time touchdowns against the Bucks when it's all like <laughs> when the game's already in hand, right? Um, yeah. Just to make it look you know a little bit better, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh... If I have to nitpick something on the day, if I have to find something to complain about, those chuckle nuts up there in the booth for Fox, who apparently would rather be calling this Dallas 49ers game right now. I mean, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck for most of the afternoon sounded like they would have rather been anywhere else on the planet except for Raymond James Stadium. What a couple of yucks those guys are. Yeah. I Um, I mean, come on. Was that not so obnoxious to listen to after so long? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, Troy Aikman's a Cowboys quarterback. He's always going to favor that. But yeah, I get it. There was, it's, I don't know. It just, oh, and it, also, it, like the Bucks, the Bucks were up 24 to nothing. And it just seemed like they were doing everything they could to discredit either how the Bucks got there or why the Eagles. Yeah, they weren't were really talking bad. about the Bucks. Yeah, they weren't really talking about the Bucks a whole lot. No, which, they, yeah. which like, I, I understand when a game's a blowout like that, it's kind of hard to get excited about too much. Like, I get that. But yeah, they weren't really acknowledging the Bucks a, a ton. Um, uh, whatever. I, I don't, we, I don't we've care. come to expect if, it. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if, why. If it's if it's gonna if it's gonna like bother a lot of people that much, just mute it. Right. Yeah. Like, there you, you go. You I, need, I, I I did have Mean Gene on for most of the first half, but he was behind like a whole play and a half from my broadcast, and I I, I didn't really want to pause it for thirty seconds because you and I were hanging out in the last quarter of the game, getting ready for the show, and. You know, you're a whole play ahead of me. So like that last fourth quarter was even more boring than it was poised to be. But yeah, man, it's just I, I don't know if you if you get guys in the booth like that who always find a way to lean one way or the other. It doesn't matter what teams are playing that that always annoys me, like because I'm, I'm a big commentator guy. I love play by play like it's potentially something I want to do eventually. But it, it just it's like a pet peeve of mine, I guess. So it's it's always annoying to hear Buck up there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly like. I think Troy Aikman is like. This is the last the announcement talk. I promise. I think <laughs> Troy Aikman's like a solid like analyst. Like he knows what he's talking about most sure. of the time. Yeah. Like you know he's a smart. He played quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a smart guy. Um. Like, but yeah, sometimes like I don't know. Sometimes they seem. Sometimes they're actually decent. I think together. And other times they're just like not good at all. Um. Yeah, so a little update. The 49ers are up 10-0 on the Cowboys right now. They wow. just kicked the field goal. So uh, I did pick the 49ers to upset the Cowboys. I did do that. So we'll see. This um, this conversation in particular probably isn't going to be relevant a few hours from now. So if you're listening to this on the podcast feed and it's, you know, Victory Monday yeah. or something like that, sorry if this doesn't apply and we already know the answer to this question. But since we are live on YouTube with about 60 people right now, I want to ask you this. Uh, who would you most like to face in the divisional round? We know the possibility that if Dallas wins, the Bucs are going to play the Cowboys. But if San Francisco, who is up 10 nothing right now, wins this game, the Bucs are either going to play the Cardinals or the Rams. I know the Rams mm-hmm. are probably at the bottom of your list, but I'm curious how the other two teams shake out. Who, who would you like to play most next week? I'd rather I'd want to play the Cardinals. Yeah, um, I think the Cardinals have the worst defense out of those three. Uh, and I think that the Cardinals... 
they seem like they're real and man it seems like I doubt they beat the Rams, honestly. Like, I, I, I don't even they, think they're going to beat the Rams. But I know they um, have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but it's kind of a similar offense to Philly. You know, a lot of a lot of RPOs, like, a lot of quarterback yeah, design yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're better than Philly. Obviously, they're yeah. just they're more talented offense than Philly. Um, but I mean, yeah, Cardinals earned their way here, but yeah, I mean, I'd rather face them just because I think the defense is the defense. Like I said, the Cardinals defense has struggled a little bit, especially against the run. I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities for the Bucks to put up some points there. So um, Cowboys would be second. And then, yeah, I would say the Rams probably last. It's just schematically the Bucks just do not match up well. Um, you know, we'll see in playoffs, anything can happen. You know, they only need to beat the Rams once. It's not like it's a seven game series, but uh, anything can happen, but you'd, prefer to avoid the Rams. Uh, like it's like you said, people listening to this on, on victory Monday right now, are yelling at the, their phones or whatever saying, no, this team won. So it doesn't matter. Like, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I would rather play the Cardinals. I think, I, I think most people probably agree with that too. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, let's kind of preview, you know, some of the, uh, some of the things returning for Tampa Bay this week, because as we had talked about the offense at the start of the show, they were technically shorthanded today. So some good news is we had kind of hinted at before the status of playoff Lenny. It, it seems like he, he should be good to go. The Buccaneers did not end up activating him off of IR this week. It wasn't because he re-injured anything. I simply think it's just because he wasn't a hundred percent. Bruce Arians has said he wants him to be as close to hundred percent as possible if they're going to play on this postseason and hopefully next week in the divisional round should be the week. Yeah, I do think it was more of a he's not ready type thing. I think that the Bucs just didn't want to risk it. And, you know, it had to be in the Bucks' mind that they could win this football game without Leonard Fournette. Right. It had to be. It had to be in the Bucks' mind that they were going to be able to win this game without Leonard Fournette. Um yeah, and you know, it's sort of the same thing with Sean Murphy Bunting. Yeah, it had to be in their mind that they were going to be able to win uh, with, without them. And um, you, you never want to look past an opponent. And I don't think the Bucs did look past Philly. They looked completely prepared for Philly. So yeah, I don't yeah. think they looked past them at all. Um, but, you know, there definitely was some probably, oh, well, you know, would you rather, you know, have Fournette here when he gets injured more or he can't isn't like the same player or do you want him to rest the week and maybe get healthier so i think that was sort of the the thing um there you know so i do expect Fournette to be back i think sean murphy bunting will be back you know hamstring injuries are a little tricky um but uh yeah those guys should be back and we'll have to check on the status of trista Wirfs. obviously uh we'll, we'll see we don't know right now right we don't know so um yeah but i mean overall just you know, not not a whole lot to talk about just because it was a domination like we it's not nothing that we haven't already said uh this team came out prepared they you know i i was worried that they might not you know match the intensity of the eagles because you know i think most can agree the eagles had nothing to lose in this game right it's not like people are saying right now oh my god the eagles lost the Eagles were basically expected to lose, right? Based on the lines with Vegas, they were especially expected to lose. I couldn't believe, like, it was at nine and a half one point. Obviously, the Bucks covered, but I was like, man, I thought this game was going to be close. And, you know, nobody's really hating on Philly right now. So a lot of the pressure was on Tampa, and I was worried that they might not have matched that intensity. But, man, they did, and they kept bringing it and kept bringing it, and just, they, they didn't stop. And um, that's what you got to do in playoff football. 
Man, it was pretty funny. I, I mean, yeah, just like you said, everybody expected Philly to lose. They did a little pregame skit on the Fox NFL Sunday show, and it was two Eagles fans hosting a sports show. And they asked each other, they said, did you pick the Eagles to win this week? And they're like, hell no. Nobody picked the Eagles to win this week. I, I was a little bit nervous when they were doing the picks, and it was, you know, Terry Bradshaw picking the Bucks by 10, Michael Strahan, Bucks by 7, Jimmy Johnson, Bucks by 10. Everybody picked the Bucks, and whenever it's a clean sweep like that, I do get a little nervous. But, uh, yeah, they, they showed up. They played playoff football, exactly what you would have expected from the defending, reigning, undisputed Super Bowl champions of the world. And you'll love to see it. Uh, quick Red update Heyman. from Jay. From, yeah, there we go. Quick update from Jenna Lane ESPN. Levante David said he really didn't know he was going to play this week until Saturday. That's when he finally realized he would be playing in this game. So I guess that really just shows you how much his status was up in the air until this yeah. game. But I think that good. was good. He, he didn't look injured. Really. No, he, I mean, he, he didn't, good. man. I, I think um, he really set the tone for that defense early. I, I think. I personally call me biased, but like I'm going to credit Levante David the most for the reason that run defense looked the way that it did this week, because there were so many times where he might not have been the guy making the play, but he was literally going to be the guy to make the play. Had Jordan Whitehead not made a great tackle in the backfield, had oh, Devin, had Devin White oh, not gotten God. there first. Yeah, real quick. Let's show we, some we gotta to, talk about him. To Jordan yeah, we gotta Whitehead. talk about. I, I think I think both safeties were just spectacular. Yeah, Mike Edwards had a great game today. He proved to be that ball hawk guy that he wasn't. Okay, in I, I guess I guess you can say all three because I was talking about Winfield and Whitehead. Oh, so yeah, yeah, Antoine three, Winfield really. got himself a sack. Jordan Whitehead. <laughs> It's going to be the tough. It's going to be tough for the Bucks to hang on to all these guys eventually. But I really hope they find a way to pay Jordan Whitehead, especially because that guy, he is special, man. Yeah, he's he's a good football player, and I, I think they're going to make an effort. But I don't, it might be tricky to keep, like you said, you can't keep everybody. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's starting to climb up your list of priorities in the offseason. He he has to. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it was really good, just a really really good, a stress free game for the most part. Right. There was a few times there where you thought maybe Philly would have a shot to get back in it, but the Bucks defense or the Bucks offense closed the door. Right. They are really able to to adjust well to what Philly was doing. And even now at halftime, I thought, man, this is a good opportunity here with the Eagles, this opening drive. You know, if they score a touchdown here, it's only a 10 point game then, but no, the, the Bucks defense shut the door and it does suck that they didn't get the shutout. Like that yeah, always sucks, yeah. right? Whenever you get, whenever you get those zero points head into the fourth quarter and it's in the fourth quarter, you want the shutout. Well, especially um, when it's in the playoffs, like that was, that was the most exciting part. Yeah. We, we talked about the history between this Bucks and Eagles rivalry. These teams were dead, even coming into this game. And uh, their playoff history is definitely no different. The Bucks their, got their the, playoff. Their playoff history is dead even as yeah, well. Yeah, the Bucks. Bucks so got the better Bucks of lead. them last time they played with the Rondé Barber six six. But the two times before that, when the Bucks were poised to make a Super Bowl run, the Eagles were the team that stood in the way. So for a lot of old school Buck fans, the final score being what it was today had to feel pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And. Um... You know, in the chat, they say Chris Gowan not there is really different for the Bucks offense. It is, but mm -hmm. I think the Bucks have done a good job of adjusting to it. I really, I really do think they have. And um, before we get out of here, let's give it a, a quick clap for the people's champ. Uh, let's clap it up yeah. a little bit, huh? Huh? Oh, that oh, he played well, Bradley Pinion. I, well. I thought so, man. I, I thought well. so. He battled, battled the elements, played well. I mean, these, you know, it's tough on kickers, tough on punters. 
and he was he was good today. So yeah, credit to the entire yeah. special teams unit. Really, this was a game where all three units just executed to perfection, pretty much. Um, yeah, and it was it was it was nice to see. Yeah. Before we get to the take bag to officially wrap things up, we did have a pretty good question in the live chat here from our buddy Michael Henderson. This is a fun one. The question is, what team in the playoffs right now can beat Green Bay? Obviously. The road runs through Lambeau. Green Bay not playing this week. They got the first round by. They're going to start their postseason next week at Lambeau, which is the toughest place to play in January in the NFL. Michael says, I think it's the Niners if they win and Arizona wins. We have them at home and the San Francisco at home if they beat the Packers. So Michael thinks it could be the Niners. I I mean, they are off to a hot start right now. We got to see how they finish up against Dallas, but I mean, if you were to pick realistically of the teams that could go to Lambeau, who do you think could beat the Packers this time of year? Uh, it's it's going to be tough, especially, you know, with full stadiums, too. Um, that adds an extra element because it matters. Like, the, the crowd, like, it matters. It does matter. And I was pleasantly surprised, and I will give props to Bucks fans. I thought there was going to be a lot more Eagles fans. There, I, I did too. I was um, very glad. There, there was, see. there was a good amount of Eagles fans. There was right, but Which it wasn't anything expected. compared to what we've seen in the past. Yeah. Like I think even there was more Buffalo fans there when the Bucks played the bills yeah. uh, a few weeks ago, I think there was more Buffalo fans there. So glad to see that either if you're selling your tickets, that Bucks fans bought them or, if you know you Bucks fans is going to the games, glad to see it. First home playoff game win since 2002 against the San Francisco 49ers, folks. That's how long it's been since the Bucks won a home playoff football game. So it's, it was really good. Um, I think it's got to be either the Cowboys or the Bucks. I I don't think the Rams. The Rams couldn't do it last year. You don't the Rams think the Rams eliminated. could do it this year with Stafford? The Ram. The Rams got dude. Stafford's. I didn't realize. Have you realized he's thrown seventeen interceptions he's, this season? Yeah, he's he's that second half of the season was tough. I I kind of he's thrown out. like seven in his last three or four games. Yeah, that's wild. He has been just like, playing awful. Like he's been bad. So hey, I, so with Stafford being bad, does that not open the door for Arizona just a little bit? If maybe it, comes down it might. It. it might. Maybe you know, who knows? You know that Rams defense is pretty tough. But if you got to rely on Matt Stafford doing what he's done the second half of this season, it, it could be a long day for LA. It could be a close game. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. Um, I think the Cowboys could, and I, I think the Bucks could. Now. I, I think the Bucs would have a much better chance if they were f- completely healthy. If, if the Bucs are completely healthy, I think they're probably the best team in the NFL. Like, I don't think there's many teams that have more talent than them. Um, but they're, they're not, right, obviously. And now there's even questions on if they're right, all pro right tackle will be available. Who yeah. knows? So, um, you know, it, it changes things. But I do think if you're looking at just the NFC, right, we're not talking about the AFC because the AFC opponent won't have to travel to Green Bay. That's that's stupid. Yeah. They, they wouldn't <laughs> have to travel there. Um, so we're talking about the NFC. I don't see the Cardinals being able to do it. I think Rodgers would, would pick apart their defense. Um, and I just I, – I don't think the 49ers can because I don't – I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan. That's why I don't think yeah, the 49ers I, can do it. I, I am also in that boat. I know that there was a narrative floated out. I think it was like Schefter that tweeted it this morning that said uh, the 49ers wouldn't be where they are today without Jimmy G. And I guess he has improved his game the second half of the regular season. But I just – I still can't really buy into that whole Jimmy G experience. 
Yeah, it's just he's okay, but I just are you gonna go into Lambo and beat the Packers like that? I, I don't see it. Um and then you know, as far as the Rams, I just I don't think so. So I think the Cowboys with a good defense, Dak Prescott protecting the football, I think could and the, the Bucks with you know a defense that has given Aaron Rodgers trouble and Tom Brady, I, I think could. So um I think those are probably the, the two teams there that that uh, have the best shot. Real quick in the live chat, our buddy Coca says, I would say the 49ers because the one big weakness Green Bay has is their run defense. The Browns, Ravens, and many other teams have been able to run the ball effectively, and the 49ers are definitely that team where they know who they are, and they're going to run the ball no matter what. Uh, Reznov said Rams have a good shot to beat the Packers, I think. TB12 Goatman says just us, just the Bucks that can beat the Packers. And uh, eh, some people might agree with him on that one. Did you actually know that uh, the Bucks are the, the team, the only team in the NFL that, like, not the only team in the NFL, but the Aaron Rodgers has the worst record against in the entire NFL. I love to, I love to hear it, man. I mean, we've said it, we said it a lot last season. Aaron Rodgers hates playing the Bucks. Something about the red and pewter. I mean, it's it's just got to be some. I think it's Indomitasu. Truthfully, I think that's what it boils down to. I think. They have to do whatever they can to make sure he is healthy if and when they end up playing in Lambeau this postseason. So as long as you got Sue out there, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be shaking at his boots just a little bit because those guys hate each other. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> feels like the Bucks are like in Rodgers' head, right? Yeah. Like it feels yeah. like you know, that's like a, a thing. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, you still got a lot of games, a lot of football to be played out. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Let's uh, go ahead and wrap up this week's episode with a brand new edition of the take bag. Evan, I'm going to hand it over to you as the Philly sports or the Philly, the Philly sports fan. I guess you're a Philly sports fan, but yeah, besides the Eagles, yeah. yeah, everybody's favorite segment with the Philly Bucks fan himself. Do you have the take bag this week? I I do have the take bag. It's here. There we go. Um, Playoff first ever playoff take bag. Yeah. Yeah. The debut of the postseason edition of the take bag. So we, we got that here. Um, one, I'm going to give a, a quick Eagles take. Jalen Rager is not an NFL player. Uh, that dude is terrible. <laughs> oh he is brutal. Um, yeah, he yeah, is. Well, how about the little terrible. hissy fit he threw on the sideline? You remember that, oh too? That was... Yeah, you got no room to talk, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have no room to, like, just shut up. Like, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, he's bad. Uh, the Eagles, that's, I mean, them taking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson is an all-time draft miss. That is an all-time draft miss. But I, 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 I digress. Right? The Eagles are home. The Bucks are moving on. So, um, we're, I just wanted to talk about the officiating. I thought the officiating was fine. Uh, a lot of people are going to complain about that Tom Brady roughing the passer thing. I thought that was every, the right every, call. Everybody's like, oh, you know, Tom Brady gets the calls. Look. Like, he doesn't get all the calls, okay? There's a tweet that I'm going to bring up from Luke Easterling. Oh, yeah, this who, is an all-time great one because the stats are there, folks. The The numbers it's, it's don't there. lie. If somebody says Tom Brady gets the calls, you know what you tell them? You tell them to check your sheets. Check your sheets, man, because Michael Silver from NFL Network said, hey, look, a roughing the passer call Tom Brady at quarterback, right? Luke Easterling quote tweeted, said Brady drew one roughing the passer call all year, tied for the lowest mark in the league this season. So it's not like, oh, Brady gets all the calls. Uh uh-uh. uh. I actually agree that the hit itself wasn't bad. Like, you can't, I wouldn't call pa- uh, roughing the passer on the hit. 
it was late though. That was the issue uh, to me that the hit was a little late. Brady was standing there for at least three or four seconds before he got hit. So I think that was the bigger issue, not necessarily the hit, but I think Brady was just, it was late. So um, I didn't, I didn't mind that the bucks did get away with the one Jason Kelsey holding call. That wasn't really a hole, but I thought the officials for the most part was, were fair. I just wanted to point out that whole rough in the passion thing. Feels like that was just, that's such B. I, I will man. say I'm not defending anybody who is, you know, going after the officiating for today's game in particular, but I don't blame the people who do because how about Jerome Boger, by the way, the NFL's favorite ref oh, going out and basically getting himself suspended for the rest of the year after the absolute shit show that was Buffalo and New England last night. That was just embarrassing. I mean, Cincinnati and the Raiders, too. Yeah, I mean, well, the, that, that, that that that's what it was. Yeah, it was that, Cincinnati yeah, yeah. and the Raiders. Um, it was the, that game. So, yeah, it, it's just weird, 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 weird. And I understand there's not many instances in a play like that's going to happen, right, with the whole whistle, touchdown thing. I understand it's like a weird play and it's tough to call. But, man, yeah, just – Super, super weird. Jerome Boger is actually one of the better refs in the NFL. No, I hate it's, that guy. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying he's one of the better. Whenever, I, whenever better I see ones. him in his lisp on my TV, I know it's gonna be a long <laughs> afternoon. Um, and the Bucks yet again. All fence number fifty six. Ah, we repeat second down. What do you, did he steal your lunch money or something? What did he I do to just, you? I just hate that guy. I always have so many negative memories seeing him trot out onto the field and and call just a deflating flag against Tampa Bay. Well, that's because the Bucks were terrible. That's yeah, they why. were terrible um, for a long time, but he is just the image that I have always associated with all the bad calls we've gotten over the years. That guy in particular is my least favorite official to see on the TV. And then real quick, just to wrap up, uh, well, the Bucks had the, both teams each had four penalties, uh, so the penalties weren't a huge factor in this. Mm -hmm. And, and um, the I, wrap of the the official, go ahead. I, I was going to say really quickly just to address one of the penalties the Bucks had. Carlton Davis taking. Well, that's his what I was off. I was going to talk about. He, he so does he does have to be a little smarter. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, hang all on. right, damn, here we go. I, I understand the rule. I I understand the rule. Right, you can't take your helmet off. I see countless players <laughs> take their helmets off. Okay, at the end of plays, and they're not called. We've you, seen you guys do call. it in the end zone after an interception. I, yeah, I understand the rule. I get the rule. I know it's a rule, but they don't call it a lot of the time. And I was like, really? And really, for, for an instant there, that was the play that really might have catapulted the Eagles again because I believe the Bucks got all backed up all the way. Yeah. That was after a fourth down. Failed conversion by Philly. The Bucks got backed up all the way, and then they didn't score. And I think that was the Jalen Rager muff punt, I believe. So uh, the Bucks didn't end up scoring on that. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's the right call, but it's not called too often. So I was like, eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, not not a ton to, to say in the take bag. Just Jalen Rager's a horrible football player, and um, yeah, it's. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. And um, so, uh, real quick from another team, shocked, sh just shocked at how the Patriots defense got shellacked. Yeah, uh, last right. Night. I mean, I know we um, I know we both picked Buffalo, but we definitely didn't pick them to win by that much. No, no, I didn't pick them to put up anywhere <laughs> close to forty seven. I picked them to score twenty points the entire game, and they scored it in the second quarter. Um, Josh so, Allen yeah, played. I, I mean, literally, the stat perf is perfect there. football. It was a perfect offensive game for the Buffalo Bills. If you want to talk about a useless player in the playoffs, the punter for Buffalo so far has yet to do anything. 
Yeah, he hasn't done a thing. He hasn't done a thing. Um, so yeah, just man, man, oh man, what what a and also real quick, that brings us up to thank God the whole Patriots Bucks Super Bowl thing is dead. <laughs> I'm so glad because it was never going to happen. The Patriots were a solid team, but they were not a team that was gonna go to the Super Bowl. What do you mean? Get Rookie Mac Jones isn't a isn't yeah, a Super Bowl contender. Get out of my face with that. <laughs> like stop. All the stop, all the stop, comparisons stop. to Brady though. I know. Well, you know, yeah, Brady's never lost a playoff game 47 to 17. So. Oh. oh. Whatever. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much to all of our people in the live chat over here on YouTube hanging out with us. We truly do appreciate you. Pete Payne, Willie Beeman, the moderators holding it down. Pete and Adam, our buddies from Bucks UK, TB12 Goatman, B Master. Reznov, Buck Wild, Rudy Love, and anybody else that I may have missed. You guys are truly appreciated. Thank you once again for 3,000 subscribers over here on YouTube. If you haven't subbed to the channel yet, it, you should. One, it's free. And yeah. two, it's the best way to experience the Cannon Fire podcast. Daily uploads and on Buccaneer news and topics and uh, much, much more. We will have uh, a 3,000 subscriber special uh, to thank you guys and everything. We will have that eventually, but right now, in, during the season, we're going to keep rolling on. But, yeah, that, that show is coming and uh, should be a good one. We're hoping to have uh, a few special surprises for you guys. Absolutely. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. That's the show, folks. Bucks advance, and they take care of business against the Philadelphia Eagles. 31-15, to your final score. We'll talk to you later on this week with some more updates regarding the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a Bucks win as well. We'll talk to you later on this week. Until then, and as always, I am your host, Rep Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you then. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.